Hey everybody, this is Mandy from Chapel Forge. And this is Missy from Homesteading Roots. And this is Jeremy from Homesteading Roots. And this is Zad from Chapel Hill Forge. Our husbands aren't quite up on the cues <laughs> and how this is supposed to work yet, so go off to bear with time. them. Right. Okay, so thanks for hanging in there with us. The last few weeks we were having our audio issues. I think we got all of that resolved. So this week we're going to talk about how to use up the beef in your freezer. So a lot of people are doing the pantry challenge. Um, there's an increased interest in buying meat in bulk, like from your local farmers and getting a whole hog or a quarter steer or, you know, a whole lamb or whatever it is, whatever you have access to. Um, beef is obviously probably the most common. So today we're going to talk about how to use those things. There's obvious things you're going to get like ground beef and steaks and roasts and all that, but there's some some things that you should make sure you ask for because if you don't ask for them they may go to waste they you know might go on to the next person because you didn't ask for them or whatever so there's a lot of things that you can really do to make the most out of your quarter steer half a steer whatever you're getting so first we're going to talk about ground beef that's the most obvious um obviously you can do things like tacos fajitas you know chili meatloaf meatballs goulash all those kinds Murders. of things um Missy's going to talk a little bit about using the jerky gun. We've mentioned this in a podcast. Gosh, it was like really at the beginning, yeah. probably. I think when we were talking about the dehydrator, yeah. um, we were talking about the jerky gun. So if you um, don't have like roast to use or, you know, you don't want to use them for jerky, but you'd like to get jerky, this is a great way. Obviously, you're going to get the most ground beef. I would say when you get a quarter, you normally get like 50 pounds of ground beef or somewhere in that ballpark. So go ahead, Miss. So when we got our ground beef, um, we tried making jerky. We used the dehydrator um, and a jerky gun. We, at that time, we had ordered um, like a mix of seasonings. I'd probably now, if we did it again, I would probably make my own seasoning mix. Um, but you just take your ground beef and you mix the seasoning in, then you stuff it in the jerky gun. And I did not have a great experience with the jerky gun because it was kind of nauseating because you can't really, like ours was plastic and you can't really get like all the nooks and crannies clean when you're done with it. And then it still felt greasy because it was plastic and it just was, Yuck. we did it a couple, like maybe two times and then we were like, yeah, this is not, I mean, it's good. Um, and using the ground beef was, was nice because it was just another way to use the beef that we got, but I don't know. Maybe if I got a different jerky gun, I'd try it again. If there was a metal one. Yeah. Maybe uh, like the cake decorating bags with the tips. Oh, yeah. Well, that's kind of how this Then you can just chuck the well, bag. Oh, true. my God. You can make fancy jerky shapes. Right. I can make little stars and oh my God. flowers. With the plastic one, it kind of felt like after the second or third time we used it, it was unsafe to use health-wise yeah. because you had, you know, Schmutz. schmutzes everywhere. Jerky <laughs> roses. Yeah, there you go. Valentine's Day jerky roses. I'll make you breakfast. What's that? Put jerky roses on the top. So, um, because you get so much ground beef, depending on the size of your family, sometimes people are like, "Well, how am I ever going to use this much or whatever?" So, if you're into food preservation, obviously you can pressure can your ground beef. We've done this with bison beef, um, venison. venison you know, and a lot of times I'm just huh fish fish yeah a lot of times i'm just trying to get that stuff out of the freezer um so you can definitely pressure can it if you have a freeze dryer you can freeze dry meat i know a lot of people get skeeved by freeze dried meat i always recommend that you cook the meat first and then 
freeze dry it. I also recommend that you cook your ground beef and then pressure can it because if you don't, you'll get dog food. I've mentioned that before. You'll just get like a big old lump. Um, and if you're into that, then that works. But, um, and the freeze dried food, I guess my thinking with that is I'm putting that in my long-term storage. So if shit has hit the fan, I don't want to have to fuss with trying to cook raw ground beef that's been freeze dried. I just want it cooked. I want to rehydrate it and use it. Um, so obvious ways to use your ground beef. That's probably the easiest thing to use that's in your beef arsenal. Obviously, you just need like a heat source on a pan. Um, you don't really need anything fancy. Um, also, when you get a quarter steer, half a steer, whatever, you're going to get steaks and roasts. Um, I'm thinking you probably get 10 roast, 10 steaks or something probably, like yeah. that. Um our favorite way to do steak typically is to sous vide it. Um, so I think I have a YouTube video on the sous vide um, and how it works because that's what I use to do like kidneys and liver and stinky things like that because I can't stand the way they make my kitchen smell. Um, but we love to sous vide it and then just do a quick sear either on the Blackstone. It would be considered a reverse sear. Yeah. Yeah. Or in a cast iron skillet or whatever. Um, and then obviously you just want to be aware when you're cooking steak, whether you're doing the sous vide or in a pan or whatever, that, you know, you, I think one of the most valuable kitchen tools you can have is a thermometer in your kitchen because, meat you know, thermometer. yeah, meat thermometer. You could very quickly make your delicious filet mignon into a piece of shoe leather if you're not paying attention to what the internal temp of your meat is. So, um, another, another good way if you're, presser time is to do a quick sear and then put it in the oven like with the cast mm -hmm. iron skillet put it in the oven for you know like five minutes and and then pull it out and it's ready to go and then obviously make sure you let it rest i mean I think my dad always says let it rest like 10 minutes before you dig into it 15. um or the blackstone i mean you know nice weather we always love using the blackstone so that's always a great way well, for right. sure. We just used it the other day and it was freezing outside. I love doing that because you can do like vegetables and stuff mm -hmm. right alongside your steak or potatoes or whatever. And messes outside. Right, yeah. exactly. It's definitely, if we're, we don't do steak for breakfast like very often, but like if we're having a, like a special meal, then we can do like potatoes and eggs and the steak and all of that. Um, that's my favorite thing about the Blackstone mm -hmm. is one mess. When we do do steak, it's usually leftovers and we're oh, yeah. using it up for the next day for yeah. breakfast. Um, for roast, so probably my favorite thing to do with roast is cut it down and make jerky. Um, we're not like a throw a roast in and like have sliced roast beef kind of family. Um, but we do love putting it in the instant pot and shredding it to make, um, you know, to put it, we don't do bread very much these days, but like over top of potatoes, um, or, you know, just by itself with mashed potatoes, anything like that. So Missy has her tried and true way of doing roasts in the Instant Pot that she's going to tell you about. So the reason I found this out is because I was getting sick of buying roasts and doing them in the crock pot or oven or whatever, and them always being like stringy and like shreddy kind of thing. Yeah. I was so sick of that. I'm like, how do these people do these roasts where they're not like shreddy? So I did a little bit of research on it, and some people were saying, you know, they start out with the doing the crock pot method on their Instapot. Um, so I throw a roast in, put it in, in the morning, and start it on the crock pot, let that go for maybe five or six hours, and then about two hours before I know we're going to be eating, I switch it over to um, pressure cook. High pressure. Yeah, high yeah. pressure, and I let the, I set it for an hour, and I let that go for an hour, but then I also let it 
come down to natural pressure for an hour and then like when you take it off it just falls everywhere and it's just so delicious um every time i've done it with pork beef you know i i don't know i'm weird about beef i don't i hate chewing beef over and over and over <laughs> and i remember like growing up and i love you mall but um she would make roasts and i would sit there and be chewing and chewing and chewing and chewing <laughs> and no matter, tired right how much water you drank you still could not get that <laughs> It's like chunk, oh gosh, chunk of meat down. And that's all I remember when I think about roast. So this method that I've tried, I've done it. I, I do it every time I make a roast now. And I haven't, I haven't complained about my own roast. So. <laughs> she wouldn't tell you if she did. Right. So uh, something, you know, along this pantry ta- challenge line too, a, a way that I love to use up, and Missy's going to vomit because she can't stand sweet meat. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of like, like last week we used lilac jelly. Um, now this is with a pork roast, but see <laughs> would think this is gross. But we will put like in the Instant Pot, when we do a roast, we'll do like jellies or a homemade barbecue sauce or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And that's a great way to use up some of that stuff in your pantry. And then you don't have to waste that stuff. You can use that. So what would you, well, Zad's like the king of turning random things say, into sauces. Uh, the other night I was too busy to do supper. So Mandy started it and use the freeze. Was it freeze-dried? I used the dehydrated apples, the no, lilac like jelly. You know, yeah. The dehydrated apple, like schnitz. But the problem was is we didn't take the skins off these. So they just weren't that good because the skins were extra hard and it wasn't yeah. that So to good. use them as a snack was but, not that great. But she used them in the Instant Pot with the roast and it came out amazing. It was almost like it was an apple wood smoked meat. Um, so that came out good. Uh, what was your your other question you were saying for what um oh so like the i wanted to touch on like drippings and you could talk about this too like a lot of people when they're done with their instant pot or their crock pot they have that stuff in the bottom the drippings and they they just dump it and like that stuff is gold so what would you do with it so a lot of times what i'll do is i'll make a a roux you know you just fat butter or bacon grease or whatever put some flour in stir that together until it clumps up and becomes kind of like a paste and then just slowly start adding that those drippings in and keep stirring that and you have yourself gravy very quickly and you're using all of it instead of it all going to waste and sometimes it makes more gravy than you need for that meal we'll just uh, packages up, package it up, put it in the fridge, and use it for other meals throughout the week. Well, I have a confession this week. I because we're moving and whatever. They said, I said to Zad, I said, don't dump the drippings. And then they freaking sat there all night. So they did go to my chicken. So I will eat my drippings as eggs. But we really try to make sure that we use those because they are gold. Jessica, who we follow at Three Rivers Homestead, she uses them in her baked beans, well, which sounds did, like heaven. That night what I did was instead of making gravy because we were just doing it over potatoes with shredded it was pork, right? Mm, yeah, it was pork. It was uh, a picnic. Pork my picnic. favorite. Um, what I did was after I shredded it, you know, I let it sit for probably 30 minutes and cool off so I could handle it. And then once it was done and I had shredded it, what I did was I took like maybe three or four ladles worth of those drippings and poured it back over the meat so that the pulled pork wasn't dry. And it was freaking delicious. So you get all the flavoring from the drippings and from what it was cooked in. Plus, you don't have dry pulled pork. It's nice and wet and moist. But what did you do with your drippings the other night? Um, so I just put them in a ball jar or whatever, put them in the fridge. And then we had, I think it was like two nights later, we wanted rice with something. 
and um, I use the drippings from the roast instead in place of water for the rice. And That's genius. Delicious. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, because it's so much more flavor. Than, well, yeah, and it's and, just like and it's nutrients broth. and goodness. Right. Exactly. Right. It's broth, and like with my picky kids, they like such bland things that like they ate the rice, so they technically got because they won't eat the roast, um, but they technically. Technically got the well, they, and, and all the collagen from right, that. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, you can do that. We've also done too, where we've used uh, the drippings and boiled potatoes in to make mashed potatoes, because then it gives the flavor. Or we've added some of the drippings to the mashed potatoes in place of like Yum. milk or something. Yeah, it's, yeah. There's just so many cool things to do with it. So, and if you shred, if you do a roast like that and you shred it. You can definitely pressure can that. I mean, that's an, another amazing, another amazing thing. Good grief. It's been a long None day. Can talk. Good God. We've been up since six o'clock because we closed on our house today. And so it's been a long day. Um, but you can pressure can that. You can also obviously freeze dry it. Um, so also when you get your cow, you're going to get beef cubes. Unfortunately, I feel like you never get as many beef cubes as you really no. like. Like we only ever get a couple packs and that's probably one of our favorites. Um, Zad usually does them with gravy and they are phenomenal. A lot of times I'll take flour and a bunch of different seasonings, put them in like a gallon bag, take the beef cubes, just kind of pat them dry, throw them in the bag, shake them up and then just fry them in a little bit of oil. So or butter has, or lard yeah, or whatever we have on hand. Um, so that, you know, it gives you a little more texture and a little bit. Mm, it's so delicious. And, you know, not just their run-of-the-mill plain Jane meat. So besides your, so you got your ground beef, your steak, your roast. The things that we want to make sure that you ask for, because we've gotten, Zad and I, as a married couple, um, we've gotten a quarter steer several times now, probably five or six times. Yeah. We usually get at least a quarter a year. That usually lasts us a year because we also get a quarter of bison. We usually get a whole hog. Um, we got a lamb one year, you know, we try this year we got two deer. So, um, we try to like mix things up, but Anyway, when you, you know, always, I always hear people say, well, the butcher called me and asked me what I wanted and how I wanted it. And I just said, well, whatever you normally do. And I used to always say that too. Now I know what I want. So I tell them when they call, but when they call you, or if your farmer, you know, says, Hey, you need to call the butcher and tell them what you want. Make sure you ask for the liver, the organs, the heart, the kidneys, the spleen, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I freeze dry and then I powder and I add into I've mentioned this before and I have a couple YouTube videos about it. You know, a lot of people are like, ooh, liver gross, which I agree and it stinks and it's nasty to cook, but that's why I do it in the sous vide. Um, we'll sprinkle that into our ground beef meals and then we're getting the benefits of the liver without the disgusting taste. I want to make, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you can also get beef bacon. I mean, it is a mm. thing. Mm. People think about it. We haven't gotten that. But if the butcher that you have your, your locker meat coming from does it you can do beef bacon or you know lamb bacon or whatever i want to make take some of the freeze-dried liver that i have and make seasonings out of it mm, like, that's seasonings smart. because i think that like we use seasonings a lot like we use the the farm dust and the silage mm -hmm. dust right. and all that but like and they're fairly clean too exactly they are yeah yeah but um some of the other ones like McCormick's or whatever right. you know have, well and with the liver in. like a little goes a long way right exactly and like <laughs> you, I feel like you don't have I to could, put a whole lot in because if you do you will notice right because we use seasonings a lot like when we pretty much cook any meat we use seasonings and 
you know, if I could get, even if my kids are just drinking the broth or eating the broth of the meat that I cook, they're still getting the benefits of the, the liver. Yeah. You know, well, and I, feel, I feel like if you put it in seasonings, you're going to be using it more than you realize. Oh, yeah. Right. If you have to deliberately think, exactly. I need to pull this pow- liver powder out and use it. I've and been it keeping, it does stinks. stink. I've been keeping, I have it in a quart jar, and I've been keeping it next to the stove. Because Zad typically cooks, like 95% of the time Zad cooks. So I keep the jar next to the stove to help him remember, like, hey, you need to throw this in. I do not love it in eggs. Just side note, barf oh, we've tried, yeah. and I can't oh, do it. But if you put it in like a pound of ground beef yeah. or a pound of ground venison or whatever, um, that's chili. You never taste Meatloaf? it in chili. Like tea, hide so I mean, much. Oh, yeah. A teaspoon to a pound mm-hmm. of ground beef is like. We usually do a tablespoon. But if you're. Tablespoon. Yeah, a tablespoon. But if you're starting. A tablespoon, you can Unless tell. you are a liver and onions fan. Yeah. You won't notice it if you do a tablespoon or less. We gave it a good college try in eggs. Oh, I can't even. I couldn't. About that. I couldn't even do it. <laughs> so yeah exactly mm. so make sure you ask for your liver and your organs um the other thing you want to ask for is your bones so missy you want to talk well, a little about on, bones on the, oh go on ahead the, on the heart part um, <laughs> a, lot, <laughs> um, a lot of people don't probably know how to do the heart the way i was taught to do the heart by my dad was you know you get it rinse it out good put water down through the arteries and ventricles get all that blood and all that out put it in a salt brine for a day or two and then I lay it out and I fillet it. So I start cutting and just do a roll fillet until all the ventricles and arteries and everything are out. Cut any of the uh, the fatty pieces that are on the heart off. And then you can just prepare it however you want, whether it's in strips or whatever. I like to take stuffing, put it in there, roll it up, tie it off with butcher twine, and bake it. It's delicious. It sounds so gross, and I was not into it when he made it, but it is delicious. Yeah, we did it with deer heart, and it's not a very big heart, so it didn't go very far. But Missy's boy, he is probably one of the pickiest, and he asked for thirds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Right. (laughs) So, hey, go ahead, Miss. Yeah. Um, What do you want me to... Oh, bones. Okay. Yeah, so when you ask for your bones, don't be surprised if you get all of the bones, because a lot of people don't request that. You get a huge bag. Yeah, like you'll get a big bag, and even sometimes the fat. When you ask for the fat, you'll get probably all of the fat because a lot of people don't realize how good that stuff is a lot of times it um, just goes to the dumpster exactly yeah. right so you're probably saving the butcher a yeah couple bucks for sure you know from filling the dumpster um but the benefits from it are amazing um i know a lot of people well i know i am very skeeved of the chicken feet in um uh, chicken broth because but <laughs> But the collagen and all the benefits you get from that, I'm trying to get over it. Yes, yes. For beef, yeah. Right. So, like, I've I've researched the crap out of this because I'm like, I am not, yeah, I'm not Mm -hmm. putting heads and I'm not putting feet (laughs) in my broth. I cannot even do it. Um, So, what I've found is the knuckles, any knuckle or joint bone that you can get, like, it's interesting because if you want to not put chicken feet in, you should substitute for necks because there's equal amounts of collagen mm-hmm. and nutrients in the necks as there is in the feet. Um, so I'm, I'm, I can totally do that. Like that's, yeah. that's totally fine. You're but funny. like as far as the beef and the stuff, eyeballs, like, they don't do it for you. Good gross. I said good gross. Good gross. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so any of like the knuckle or the joint bones, they all have a lot of the collagen in. Um, so, like, and, when you make soup, like, I know a lot of people like 
Okay, they say, okay, I tried pressure canning broth, and I did it, and I got, like, a three-inch layer of, of fat on top. A lot of people scoop that off mm-hmm. and get rid of it. No. And, like, first of all, you can cook with it, right. you know, obviously. Um, you can bake with it. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you were going to make soup and you pulled out, like, a quart jar and, like, three inches of it were tallow, essentially, what would you do with it? I add that right in. Yeah. I think, you know, I add it right into the recipe. There's well, so if, many nutrients in that. If you heat it up and stir it's it, right. it's right. going to come back together as what it was. Right. You, you don't even know that a lot of people separated. are skeeved because it's so like greasy when you make it you like that yeah. kind of broth is greasy like when you buy the box of beef broth at the store oh, you're yeah. literally getting like i would oh, call I that know. stock right. like yeah, as it's, it's just not... beef water right. basically even the even like i know campbell's has a drinkable bone broth um that you can buy even that stuff is watered down yeah i mean like look at the ingredients too Some the first ingredient even, is water yeah like yeah. you can't even pronounce half of them and yeah it's just i don't like the the jiggly collagen that you get from your broth is a good sign you know you have good broth if you have that so don't i have a really that great that short on youtube <laughs> with the jiggle sound and it sounds really gross oh, yeah. but it's a great sound yeah yeah, along, but that's what you want. Along those lines, if you go to, you know, a, let's say a firehouse chicken corn soup, and you can tell right away when you take your first bite of that chicken corn soup, whether they've used, mm-hmm. you know, store-bought, you know, broth or, broth or quote stock. broth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, versus yeah. using, you know, the stuff that we can. And a lot of times that's that's the the secret ingredient in a lot of these... Uh, chicken corn soups, and well, that's why and people even just up, looking at the broth, mm-hmm. and you can see the oily layer, mm-hmm. right. oh, yeah, the little oil oil dots throughout right. like, the broth. Oil was not bad, sadly yeah. skeeves people. Well, right. and I was gonna say that when we were talking about roasts, like you know, everybody's like, Oh, I, I'm gonna cut away as much fat as possible. Okay, yeah, nobody wants to like necessarily chew through fat, but like if you leave some of that in there, the fat is not the enemy. Oh, <laughs> no, I, exactly. I, I'll cut it off when it's getting plated, yeah, leave it a little bit there for you, but. It gets cooked with it. It doesn't get cut off, mm-hmm. thrown away, and then cooked. Because right. you, yeah. ne- you need that. It's there for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we have such a skewed perception of animal fat, and it's yeah. sad. So when you ask for the fat, the fat is really... It's so fun because there's so many things you can do with it. You So you can render it down into tallow. I have a YouTube video on how to do that. It's so simple. Um, and you don't really need any special tools. If you have a meat grinder, that's great. But if you just have a sharp knife, that'll work too. Um, and you can use the tallow to cook in. You can use it to make soap, which is what I put in our goat milk soap. You could make a candle. We were just like testing making a candle a couple weeks ago. And you literally just need a mason jar and a wick. And, and you just pour it in. Th- there's a... Uh bone marrow where they actually mm-hmm. roast the bone and you eat the marrow yeah which is re- i think jessica talks about mm-hmm. eating the marrow and that's like one of her favorite things um the other yeah. thing she loves is tongue and she talks a lot about eating the beef tongue um so another you know if that skeeves you also you know you can freeze dry that and powder it there's a lot of really good nutrients in the tongue if you just can't stomach eating the tongue itself um you could what you got an opinion over there, Jeremy? No, it just all depends on I was thinking how of, you uh, cook the tongue. Oh, I yeah. I was thinking of dances with wolves where they you know cut the bison tongue out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it all depends. Oh. Like, I don't know if you ever had a cow lick you and how. Oh, how paper. And if it's not cooked right, that's what you're eating. I don't know how Jessica cooks it. I don't know she, if she's. Ta- video yeah, she probably it. does. If I was going to do it, I'd probably sous vide it because I imagine the smell is probably not great. I'm not really sure. It's I haven't cooked weird. tongue, so like, I don't know. I don't know. 
So, um, okay, any other thoughts on beef that we want to make sure we talk about? Oh, you were going to talk a little bit about... It's oh, so you talked about soup. Um, I guess uh, the one thing with, with the beef typically, unlike chicken, is you don't just like throw a whole chicken in a pot and like you get all these great, you know, most of the stuff I would say doesn't have bones in it typically. Like your steak might have a bone, a little bone. You have like, you know, a half inch or inch and a half by like half inch thick Mm -hmm. piece. Nothing like a chicken carcass. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you're going to need to keep that, that fat on there. Right. To get... You know, at least when you're cooking it. Yeah. And, you know, don't shave off. When you cut it, don't cut completely, you know, right into the meat. Cut some of the fat off, but leave just enough that you can handle, mm-hmm. you know, eating it. Because your body needs it. There's a, right. a very interesting thing about the Eskimo diet, about eating meat, just, people that eat just meat, nothing else. And how, if you don't eat it with the fat, how your body actually gets sick. But mm-hmm. by eating the meat with the fat your body thrives and I won't go into it, but if you look at it, look into it, there was a scientist who did a controlled study between him and another scientist where they, one had meat with no fat. The other one had the meat with the fat and how their bodies declined and I guess inclined or, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it too long to talk, but look it up. It's a really interesting read. Well, and I know like nourishing traditions, like I have it, it's nourishing fats and it talks about, you know, how people are so quick to, like, get rid of the fats and stuff. But, like, our bodies are designed to use those fats. Like, right. Well, there's good fats and bad fats. Well, right. Exactly. And I'd love to sit down and read that book. But once my, Someday. When I'm retired and my kids are grown and right. don't need me anymore. We'll tell them what it says. Yeah. So, anyway, I hope that this encourages you to go find your local farmer and buy a quarter or half of beef. You would be amazed how just... Uh, Really, sometimes how quickly you'll use it up. Like, you think you get a quarter or half, and it's going to last you a super long time. And obviously, this depends on your family size and how many meals you cook at home and things like that. Um, But it's a great way to support your local farmer. Um, We always know people that are selling quarters or halves. So if that's something that you're looking for, reach out to us. We can get you hooked up with the right people. And as usual, we hope that you learned something. We'll see you next week. Bye, friends.